Hello, my name is Adam Taft Lambert, and you are listening to the Good Market Live podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Good Market Live. If this is your first time tuning in from all of us here at Good Market, we're glad you made it. You belong here. This week, part two of the Good Market story. Here at Good Market, we believe in the power of great storytelling. The incredible stories of brands doing good work all around the world is at the core of everything we do. To help showcase that love of storytelling, we decided to interview the authors who helped write the Good Market story, co-founders Mary Beth Trippis and Harry Cunningham. For the second of our author interviews, I caught up with co-founder Mary Beth Trippis to talk about the path that led her to help create Good Market and to find out how it all got started. We're so happy to have you join us on this episode of Good Market Live as we showcase another amazing story from our community of creators dedicated to doing good. This one is 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 especially important because I I, I think it's really important for everyone to know the backstory of Good Market, um, where it came from. We did have... I interviewed Harry uh, a little bit ago to get his side of what the good market story is. Um, and now we're going to hear your side of it because I know the two of you have very different approaches for the way that you all um, handle things, especially the way you approach the business side of, yeah. of these creative endeavors. Um, but before we get into that, would love to explore some, some of your backstory the uh, the path that got you to the position that you're at now with Good Market. Yeah, great. It's a crazy path. I think um, I've been in the retail industry for over 30 years and uh, really started out really right out of college. Um, as you had said, with more of kind of the business minded end in, in mind, uh, I wanted to actually own a business and be able to impact a business in some way, shape or form. And it just so happened that the form turned out to be retail. Um, when I was in college, I was I was a math and science kind of major. I was a chemical engineering major for a little while, which everybody finds funny, right? And now I'm in the handbag industry. But essentially... Well, they're, they're certainly correlated, they, right? So, you can, to, the through line's be, pretty obvious. You would actually be surprised with what I do on a daily basis, how correlated they are, um, which was actually <laughs> interesting for me because when I, when I graduated thinking about what I wanted to do with ultimately a marketing degree, I wanted to I wanted to own a business per se, but work for a big company. So how do I how do I fit my way in there? And kind of the logic and the math and you know that that part that you learn in the sciences, bringing that to life in a creative environment is super fun. And that you know, sure. fast forward to today, exactly what you said. Harry's like this creative genius, right? And I bring more of the okay, we still have to make it work side to it. So coming the two of us coming together, it's perfect. And um, I don't challenge him on things that he knows, and he doesn't challenge me on things that I know. And somewhere we meet in the middle, but it just makes us move faster in that regard, right? That we're just ultimately saying, yeah, go. So, um, but I ended up, I, I started with May Company way back in the day. I was a buyer. I was worked in the stores. Really fun to work in the stores. That was the first time I really got the, the direct touch with the customer and understanding what she ultimately wants is what we're ultimately driving for and keeping that perspective all the way through my career has been critical all the way through good market, right? Ultimately, what does the consumer really want to do today? And in 30 years, she's certainly evolved. Um, 
And is that, is that a pretty normal it. trajectory? So it, no. I would imagine most people stay either on the corporate or on the the in-store retail side of things. Yeah, I think my kind of trajectory has been totally unusual, but I, I, I'm of the belief that there's a reason for everything, right? I sure. was I was on that side of the business until I had my second daughter who's now in grad school. So put do the math to that and um, wanted a little bit more flexibility and flipped to the wholesale side and ended up working for brands all along the way. I worked at Liz Claiborne. I worked at the Jones Group. I worked with a watch company for a while, but ultimately building brands within categories of business and um, super cool. But yeah, kind of the opposite trajectory. I was actually selling to the accounts that I once worked for. So understanding again, it's empathy, right? You understand what the customer needs. Then ultimately now I had a layer between what I was trying to do to get to the ultimate customer through the buyers and through the, the retail side of it, which I understood too, because I was that. So I knew in decisions that we were making, hey, this is what they're gonna think. We should probably pre-think that and how would we approach it differently? And they're trying to strive for their goals. We're trying to strive for our goals. How did they meet in the middle so that we can all win through this? It's not rocket science. It's just sure. the more that you understand all the way around, the easier it is for us to really come together. And it you know, drove a lot of success and um, you know, allowed me to actually work my way up through uh, a lot of different opportunities and had some great mentors along the way, obviously, and ended up with um, Vera Bradley five years ago now. It's gone so fast. Um, but working initially with the, the wholesale side of the business, which is super important in Vera Bradley, that's where we started with um, the gift industry and a lot of the independent retailers that, are, that we're still partners with today, um, moved into so the department store world. Yeah, go ahead. So for those that don't know, and I'm not a genius in the retail space, wholesale is is that is that selling large quantities to one specific like a uh, hotel chain to give away as a gift, or is that uh, no? Is Just anybody that wholesale is when we sell our brand to a customer who buys our brand from us, who ultimately sells to our ultimate customer. So it's kind of like they're wholesale, they're the middleman to reach our final consumer. So we sell Vera Bradley brand in our own stores, which is the retail side of it, but then on the wholesale side of it, we sell it to um, an independent retailer who then owns okay. the product and she sells it forward, he or she sells it forward. So, so or, wholesale is the reason you can find Vera Bradley bags in stores, other stores besides Vera Bradley. Correct. Yep. Got it. Okay. So I was that buyer in that store working at retail, buying from brands, and now I am the brand selling to that buyer. So I've kind of flipped okay. seats along the way, right? I'm sure the logic side of your brain loves the ability to know <laughs> the ins and outs of both ways. Yeah. Control. You have to have control. <laughs> and understanding leads to that, right? So, um, but then ended up with Vera Bradley, um, started leading the team that sold to the wholesale partners a couple of years ago took over the store so added retail to my experience with the brand um, and that's where harry and i joined forces harry is responsible for the retail brand experience team so they are the team that brings to life physically what the vision of the brand is um, so how we show up in our stores how we show up in our our wholesale partners is harry's team's responsibility and now pulled that into my team as well um, which made it an easier, yeah, made it an easier way to communicate and move quickly to get the vision and the sales tied to how we show up. 
And then sure. just in the past year, I also took on the digital team within my umbrella as we're talking omni experience and doesn't matter where the customer's shopping, having one leader over all of our touch points with customers has been really great. It's been a, a great experience to actually bring that back into one one vision. So I the digital team and our customer service team reports to me too. So anything that is customer forward facing is under my umbrella at Vera Bradley. So you're running the whole cohesive vision across everything and nothing really gets slipped through. I know a lot of different ideally brands tend to <laughs> yes. fracture that way. Yeah. So um, yeah, ideally I, dream, dream ideally, scenario, yeah. everything looks Right. Yeah, we kind of take, I, I kid, but don't kid, but we take the baton from the design and the creative piece of it and they pass it to us and then we take it to our customers, essentially. Um, and then we have a marketing team that helps us lift the whole experience, right? Um, and and we all work on the strategies together. So it's just what pieces and parts do we actually, actually have to work together for. So it's really great to have that oversight of everything though because you know you're you're a consumer you might investigate online and walk into a store to actually make a purchase or vice versa you might walk into a store be introduced to it not make a commitment in the store kind of like it go back home on your couch get on the website and decide i want to learn a little more or i want to transact there we all have to work together sure. then you might end up ordering it but pick it up in the store you know or yeah. you know whatever COVID has brought, you don't want to ever show up in a store, but you like a brand. So we all have to understand how the consumer is behaving and how we want to respond. So it makes it easier. Yeah, and well, I, I would imagine it's a huge challenge, especially now, pandemic aside, just the way that people are engaging with brands has changed radically in the last 10, if not the last five years even. It has. It's changed um, a lot in the last five years, but then it's changed a whole lot in the last two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember earlier, well, I guess this was a couple of months ago when we were doing the live stream uh, and talking with the, the teams that were doing, that set set up the whole live stream to do the 1010 shopping festival. Oh, yeah. And it was, this is how people are shopping yeah. in Asia right now. Yep. It's coming to America. And it was very cool seeing the, the change that comes with new technology and also with new a new generation that you know mm -hmm. grew up on a lot of digitally native apps mm -hmm. and software and it's a part of their world and how they want to consume and interact with brands now it's been really interesting to watch not only that generation but the generation who didn't grow up on it in the time that COVID happened be forced into it and now successful with it um i remember when COVID first happened, stores were closed and um, we were selling masks to our independent retailers and they were able to, you know, take phone orders and show up on the sidewalk and transact so that we were helping people be safe early on when they couldn't get things. Right. And um, shortly after they this partner locally in the Pittsburgh area was um deciding, hey, we're going to try to do a live stream. We don't know what we're getting into, but I just happened to be in town. And I'm like, I would love to come and help you. They did it in their at, behind their store in the sidewalk so that we could be unmasked, open air. And we're showing product and, you know, talking to customers. And the orders were like flying in. They sold out and they didn't even know what they were doing, <laughs> right? It was like, it was insane. Yeah. They sold out a product that they couldn't get out of their store because their doors were closed. But 
they were they had such a customer following and they were relating to them in a different way and now i watch them and they do it like it's no big deal you know they're doing one every week now just because they can and they know how it just it's crazy yeah. to consider that i don't know what i'm doing but we don't have a choice almost right so it threw people into a whole different mode and kind of you know it's a good market story too i'm sure we'll get to but oh uh, yeah i'm i was gonna say it's a great transition because that mentality the we don't know what we're doing is very much about how it's coming together and what it is but it also and this is something i would love to talk about later is it's backed by a lot of years of experience mm -hmm. in retail so mm -hmm. it's it's not uninformed in the sense that we don't know it's uncertainty in where this direction heads mm -hmm. um but before we get there you mentioned you and Harry got brought oh, yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and I think the two of you are are definitely the heads of the creative um, in the business sense of what Good Market is, being both of you being the co-founders. Yeah. Very interested to hear your side of how these conversations started taking place. Like what the impetus was with um, how you guys started talking about it, how you wanted to formulate the pitch. Um, yeah. If there are any struggles higher up, um, trying to to get this vision forwarded throughout the organization. How yeah. did it go? Yeah, certainly. Um, actually, just to start that, so proud of what we've been able to accomplish, not just the two of us, but teams of people working behind us that actually don't work on the brand so um just here we are you know not even a year later and to think where we are right now has been pretty amazing and you know our partners in this mission with all of our brands that signed on to a vision have been amazing so we actually started just it wasn't even a start point right it's a continued conversation of how do you reinvent retail and the second that i joined the company and you know a hotter second when I brought the stores under my responsibility Rob Walsh from our CEO um, had challenged like what are we going to do differently how are we going to engage with our customer we've got a customer we've customers who love the brand but retail's changing and how are we going to change with it or ahead of it rather than watch it happen and be behind it Try and so play there's constant you know constant challenge about how do you change the experience? What do we want to use our stores for? How are we going to gauge our teams to think differently? How are we going to reach out to our customers? How are we going to get involved with the community? All of these things have been out there in conversation. And, um, you know, it's Harry and I's responsibility as leaders of the store organization from coming to the table with the team in the operations side and coming to the table with how we want to show up for our customers is us. So, ongoing conversations and then i think there was just a trigger point fall of i think it was like august ish of a year and a half ago right we're in the middle of COVID, and we were at our jefferson point store right here in fort wayne indiana and we kind of walked outside of the store having this conver sidewalk conversation and said what if we just tried something within the store that would be crazy what do we want to accomplish we want to engage her differently we love her to feel like she's walked into a warm environment. We want her to linger a little bit longer. We want her to know the story of the brand. We have a huge story behind our brand from our founders. Yes. Um, Barbara Bradley Backard and Patricia Miller who founded the organization and then founded a foundation 
to support breast cancer. And you may or may not know that about our brand. How do we tell that story? It's so important to us. Why wouldn't it be more important as we talk outwardly and those missions are, as customers evolve, are becoming more important too. So just talking about all that and we said, what if we did try something different in the store and we just happened to be outside and Harry said, I think Harry said it, like, what if we tried something not in our store? What if we could get a new space and there just happened to be a space literally across the street <laughs> in Jefferson Point that has been vacant, a very large space that has been vacant for a really long time. And um, said, you know, like, like that space, we could go bigger, we could do different things in the store. We're not confined to our, you know, 2000 square foot space. What if we could do that? I'm like, okay, I don't know. What, what if we could? And we walked over <laughs> and we're standing in front of this space that happened to be a Williams Sonoma, you know, seven years ago and closed ever since. And we were leaning in and I pushed on the door and the door was open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we should just go check it out, right? And I don't know, I ended up pushing Harry in the door and here there were guys <laughs> working in that space who were working on I love that you pushed Harry roads. in there first. I pushed him in the door <laughs> and he loves to tell that story. I'm like, you go, you go first. No, you go first. And um, there were some folks working there. And of course we said, oh, we're, we're with Vera Bradley. You know, we just want to check out the space. They're like, come on in, you know? So <laughs> just kind of threw, threw our, our name of the store across the street out there. And um, here it was, I'm sure you're familiar with Williams-Sonoma's in the malls, right? They're these big open vessels sure. with a kitchen area in the middle um, where they transact, but they also cook. So there was a space for food, we thought, beverage, we thought thought this would be really cool you know what if we could do this and what then it was like okay what do we even want to do with it right but we thought maybe we could bring our Vera Bradley over here uh I don't know you know we went back to Rob and Rob was like let's not do anything within our own four walls like we're in the middle of COVID here like let's not break what's working and we're trying to build again if you guys can sure. figure it out why don't you try to take it somewhere else and that kind of ended up being the perfect idea right there right so um, you know, blossom from there. Okay, what do we want to do with this? And we've started super high and it was kind of fun to, to watch because we had Rob's backing with, you can go try anything, just don't spend any money. Sure. So yeah, thanks Rob. The ultimate, um, the ultimate CEO yeah. move. <laughs> so yeah, then we talked about- want, what if, as long as it doesn't cost money. Yeah, right. What if we brought our brand over here and then it just kind of evolved into, we also, um, as, a, as a corporation, we have the Pure Vita, brand under our umbrella too or like what if we brought Pure Vita in hey we already yeah. have an area that we could do something you know food and beverage what if we did that and kind of created more of a cafe area I don't know you know um but we put a quick fluffy deck together with a lot of blah 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 words and kind of a quick vision of um what we wanted to do and I think the funny part is as you know is we don't know where it turned that we were going to invite brands in, but they all do good. We have no idea where that turned, but that now obviously is a, a big part of the story is sure. um, how that's evolved. So that's pretty much how we got to that point of go, but don't spend any money. And you know what? If you can get people on board, good for you. And we can take yeah. it from there. I'm sure the impetus or the subconscious fact that all of these brands are dedicated to doing good is influenced by you mentioned vera bradley yeah. made the foundation for breast cancer and it's not just it's a very successful one i think yeah. you guys are up to 
Yeah, $37.5 million to breast cancer research. Research, right. So, it, and Pura Vida, too, you know, under and, our umbrella, they do tons of good with all yeah. the charities that they support. They've done an, an extraordinary amount of, of fundraising for, you know, initiatives all over the planet. Right. Um, so that it, you know, that's, that's part of the fabric of, of the corporate culture. So it's, it's very interesting to see the way that it manifested without a specific direction towards that. Yeah. It was just one of those sort of the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. Yeah, we definitely had that in the, in the back of our head, but you know, to to come to a moment where that's going to be one of our core tenants, we are only going to invite brands in that are doing good, and um, hopefully, we can help them out to do good even better. Yeah, throughout it. So and so, fast forward to April twenty twenty one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's super fast day. forward. Can I tell you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We had to, Your we had to commit. Montage. Yeah. We had to commit to Rob in January. We went, well, I think the start, well, let me back up for a second. First we had to, com we had to get the space commitment, right? So we took the fluffy deck to the, the team, the real estate team who the landlords of Jefferson point and said, here's what we're thinking. You guys, you know, we kind of don't know. We brought Marcy Davidson in who is our VP of real estate on our side. And she was like, I'll help you. I don't know what they're going to say, but I'll help you. <laughs> and we took it to them. And, you know, I think that's phase one of if they would have not had the vision with us, it would have never gone any further. Sure. And and we just pitched something that like this is a crazy idea, but we think it could be amazing for the community. Um, we don't know what we don't know going into it. We don't even know if we can get partners, but we can't start anywhere without a space. And these guys were like, we love it. It was in line with what they were trying to do in the community, bring more local brands in, um, engage our custo their customers in the mall in a different way, um, create a space that encourages people to want to come back more frequently. Everybody wins, right? So it aligned with yeah. them and we're like, we have no money. So <laughs> you guys in um, to you know figure out some kind of a deal that works for both of us and they were in and they didn't even want to get off the phone that day. We're like, what, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Harry and I got off the phone and Marcy stayed on to like work the deal. And we got off the phone. We're like, wow, this is real. Holy crap. <laughs> this is real. Uh, so that was like, that was like, like heart stopper number one. And then we're like, okay, now we have this huge space. It's 5,000 square feet of space. What are we going to fill it with? So January gift show is um, super fun in Atlanta. And that was, that was uh, second week of January. And Rob said, when are you guys going to sign up? again. Up? Yeah, and this is like, the, this. you got a big day job. You can't let your day job falter, but if you guys want to try it, go ahead. So we had to go find some some stuff to put in the store, and we get to Atlanta, and there, you know, it was still COVID. It was Atlanta of market January of 20. And we expected that we would get into some of the temps, and we would try to find brands that do good, and um, there are very few that showed up. So we're like, oh, gosh. Um, we don't even know if we're going to get people to sign up with it, but um, let's go see what they think before we sign on to Rob that like, yeah, we want to 100% go do this. He gave us till the end of January to decide. So um, we showed up there. We walked through the temps. We connected with some people that we knew. We've connected with local people, local brands. And that's kind of Harry's genius is making those connections. He's super passionate about the project and 
it just turns out like once you start to find some and you kind of network, it just opens up this world of so much good that that brands sure. are doing that you have no idea until you get into it. Um, we found a few connections in Atlanta market and that just blossomed and we said we, we were pitching again a dream and they were already on that dream mission. So it wasn't hard to bring them along with us because the brands that we met were like, yeah, you know what? This is what we're trying to do too. If you guys can help us show yeah. up differently because we're only, some of them are only direct to consumer. They have no physical space. Others were like, the more the merrier. Um, as much as we can get out there in front of people, the more money we make and we can turn around and doing good with that. So. We, th we thought we'll be lucky if we get 20 brands. And today we're at almost 60 brands, I think, today. The clock keeps yeah, checking yeah. the box. It's crazy, but um, well, I think there's, so we signed up. I believe you said this. I don't remember when it was, but we were talking and it was, we were talking about the, the difficulty of, you know, having a brand that is tied so specifically to a mission yeah. or is dedicated to doing good, like a lot of these brands are. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely the the more challenging way to approach it. Um, but you were you're talking about getting these brands to come into good market and you were saying, but this is who these founders are. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not in it to necessarily just make the most amount of money that they can or to scale as large as possible, it's to make the biggest impact. Yep. And so a lot of these founder, where other business leaders may have balked or have hesitated in a lot of ways, these are the ones that are constantly pushing, that are trying to make as big of a positive impact on the world as they can. Right. And so they're the ones ready to take the risk with with good market. Right. Which is, yeah. it's, it's amazing to, and this is the other thing that um, I know we've talked about a lot is the help that not only Vera Bradley is able to provide for a lot of these brands and what good market, the, the guidance and the resources, um, but also how the brands are helping each other, mm, yep. which has been a really cool thing to watch happen. Yeah, that I had a couple of chilling aha moments along the way. And one was super early um, before we even opened the store in April. Harry had invited five or six brands to Fort Wayne to talk about the vision, right? And to actually kind of see the space and really understand these are our early, our early uh, brands who signed up with us, right? And we brought them to dinner and, you know, they were talking with us, they were talking with each other and um, we were kind of trying to leave. It was like 1030 at night. I'm like way past my bedtime guys, you know, it's like, <laughs> but thanks for coming. And it, they didn't want to leave. And I'm like, I, I pulled Robin Harry aside and I said, just watch this. This is like amazing to me that, you know, coming from the, the background that I did, brands competed against each other. Right. In my, yeah. ex my experience, nice enough to each other, but compete against each other. These guys were talking about, Hey, maybe we could do something together because if we can, do a candle from your brand and have my brand logo on it and we both promote it we both win and we can right. take that money and lift both of our ventures right so it and and talk, they were talking about i don't really know how to do this and the other one would say hey you know what i felt that same thing and here's what i did and helping each other like 
even grow. And I said, this, these people yes. don't want to leave because they're so connected to each other. And now we've now gone from a business venture to help them lift individually to a networker to help introduce them. So we've become the hub kind of to the spokes. And that was amazing aha moment to me. And then sure. later we talked about um, how can we take, as you had mentioned, all of our experience and our learnings and even our organization's experience on, you know, production, marketing, supply chain, all these things that these individual brands don't know because a lot of them only started with a vision, not a business sense. How could we teach them more to help them learn? So those were that's where my head clicked into what I know and how I could bring something different to the table. And then we started Good Biz, which we um, did some podcasts, we interviewed some people, and we have, not podcasts per se, but we have a library now of um, learnings that we interviewed our marketing leaders, our production leaders, and now our brands who come on board with us have access to that information. And to us one-on-one -on -one too, we've opened our doors today. If you just wanna chat, give me a call. I talked to Caitlin sure. from New Hope Girls literally every two weeks. We're helping <laughs> her come to market in Atlanta in a hot three weeks here. So, you know, we've made it's ourselves incredible. available to help them do better, which is fun for me too, right? I mean, you know, at this point in my career with all the experience that I have, what can I help you with? And it's like, it's not rocket science, but Caitlin, when I talked to her last week, she's like, this is like, go to market 101. You know, yeah. Caitlin, make sure you have everything on your body because you're not going to have time to like get back to your desk for your pen. Sure. How are you going to know when it's a hot prospect? Like those types of things. It's really funny, but it works. So. Yeah, I think stuff. that's that it speaks to something that we 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 mentioned the last time we tried to do it that I that I thought was incredible. Um, and it was your experience with seeing all of these brand founders meeting with them talking with them interacting with them and seeing them driven by one specific desire one purpose to make the change and last time you 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 said you don't feel that way necessarily that you don't have the one driving passion to solve childhood hunger like michelle from bellatuno or help alleviate uh the homelessness crisis like bob from sackcloth but what you do have is, you know, a passionate curiosity and, mm -hmm. and a, a passionate ability to help make good happen. Um, and I think it's important to, to talk to because it, mm -hmm. it casts a very wide net. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very easy to see some of these founders and, and maybe feel hesitant or excluded because you don't see those same things in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think you're an amazing representation of using the skills that you have and using the, the personality that you come to the table with and the experience that you've built in your career to forward, to, you know, propel the same amount of good. Yeah. Yeah. That's been, that's been interesting for me inherently, I guess, throughout this process is. It kind of came to light when we interviewed Barrett, right, from Abel, and he had said he experienced this overwhelming desire to get involved in, in their organization because of a negative experience that he had in his life seeing young girls trafficked, 
you know? Yeah. Um, we all know Bob's story from sackcloth and that was tragedy that happened. A lot of tragedy has led these people to this passion. Michelle Beulah's story too, right? I've been blessed that I ne haven't necessarily had that exposure to a tragedy, knock wood. But I also know now that I can use my sensibilities in a different way to help. Everybody wants to do good, I feel. <laughs> sure. And it's just a lot of people are, are um, it's a little, they don't know how to help. So you feel like you have to be like both feet in. You don't. Yeah. You can be a little bit in and still give a, a lot of help to doing good. And, you know, we're even making it as simple as you don't have to be in at all. You just need to purchase a product and you're doing good. You're going to buy a gift for somebody anyway. Why not this one? And know that exactly. you're paying your dollar forward in a different way. So there's all different levels of doing good. And I, I, I felt like I don't I, I don't have time to, you know, this is my perception, right? Walking in this. I don't have time to get overly involved with one organization. I can barely get to work, manage my family, travel, <laughs> you know, be everything sure. that I can be to my group of people, let alone larger groups of people. And that's, I would like to think that I wouldn't think that way, but now I think this is, it's become an awakening for me that I guess this is what I was meant to do. Definitely. Ultimately. And it's finding, finding that honesty in yourself and to understand what your strengths are and what you can bring is, such a special thing to discover in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, we do the goodbye questions. It's the thing that we've done before we get to that. <clears throat> and I know we're, we're coming close, but I do want to hear your vision, your dream, the, the chemical engineer <laughs> um, neural pathways of what um, good market looks like in, you know, next year, five years, 10 years, what the hopes are. Yeah. We spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks really talking about <clears> that. <throat> and, um, I think we had no idea what we were, what we were getting ourselves into. Ultimately, the goal of this was to learn some things and take it back into the Vera Bradley brand, which is like dream number one. We need to make sure that we're staying true to that mission. And, um, we are, we are learning things and we're talking today about what we're going to do. We just had a meeting this morning talking to, today about, um, what we're going to do moving back into our own stores and bringing this, what we've learned, um, sticking to our core tenants and um, making sure we're representing our brands appropriately and making sure we're engaging our customers differently. Storytelling has been hugely important in this brand. We can take that back to the Vera Bradley brand in a different way, potentially. So there's vision yes. not only for Good Market, there's vision for Vera Bradley in total that what we're learning here, how do we, how do we play them across each other? For Good Market, I think I was so inspired from one of the, the interviews that we did That's one of our partners said, you know, you could be on every corner in every local neighborhood ac across the country if we could just figure <laughs> out like how to operationally make that happen, you know, yeah. um, because the power of what we're doing and what we're telling and what we're helping others do is so powerful and people will engage with that. So we have to figure out our challenge right now is to figure out the operational side and, and um, sure. you know, the back end of it of how we make it easier for our partners to transact with us and, you know, get goods in the store and all that stuff that you don't want to think about. You just want to think about all the good <laughs> that we're doing. But there's a lot of work behind it. And we literally we kid, but we don't kid. We have one person right now full time working on this project. Right. We need to build the team. So that's first and foremost. So um, sure. that's the plan. But. 
you know, this could be that. This could be huge and storytelling and, you know, bigger than just a four wall store. We, we, we were able to lift the website in October, right? We did the pop-up shop yeah. in Soho in October. So can we open more stores? Can we tell more stories in a different venue than even a physical environment and a digital space? Like how, how do we make it even bigger than that? So I think what, I think what we've learned here is don't be afraid. And, and COVID allowed us to think that way. I think a little bit differently. It gave us some room to like working for big companies are often afraid to fail. We were given permission to fail. And that's a big message to take forward. Don't lose sight of that. Like try things, help our partners try things and, and, and don't be afraid. Go. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, try something different. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a pretty fun story about um, Barbara Bradley, a quote that her, I'm, I know I'm going to butcher it, but it's, you know, I don't, I don't always follow plan A because, you know, plan B a lot of times is even better, be better. than the thing that we thought about. So it's like, <laughs> if you fail at plan A, it's not a, it's not a failure. It's a chance to try plan B. Right. If we um, fail, you know, what's failure look like in this mission? You do a little less good. You're still doing good. Right. But Definitely. you could be doing more good. So like, what's the next thing that's greater good, right? Yeah. For the greater good. For the greater good. Um. So thank you so much. I'm glad that we got to do this. Yeah. We, we always wrap up with the goodbye questions. Um. So I'm going to hit you with them real quick just to, to hear the answers because they always inspire create very creative um and fun answers from all the guests um so the first one what does doing good mean to you i know we ask these questions every time and i think uh it, mine has evolved from the story that i just told you from like day one to what it is now you know almost a year later but i think the good for me personally is um helping anybody do a little bit better that they can do a little bit more good so how can i encourage that spirit encourage that go just go try it and and i do that i try to do that in my daily life but in even in this mission it's it's how can i use my skill set to help other people do good that's how i do good so that's what good means to me personally i think Sure. What one word describes what you're doing at Good Market? Spirit. Trying to bring that, just that energy and that life to thinking differently about things and um, just raising awareness and bringing, bringing that positivity and that energy behind it. I would say what if you could say one good thing to someone, what would it be? I would say hello. I think just okay. the power of like opening yourself up to someone is is so rewarding and it opens up so many doors that you have no idea even what you're walking into. But so many people walk with their phone, you know, and I do too. walk sure. on my phone um head down such on a mission to get to wherever i need to go in the next space but 
even in the grocery store, I'll start to talk to people and my girls will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, <laughs> you never know. You never know who you're going to meet if you just say, hey, how yeah. are you? Hi. And that positive, and a smile, right? That positive spirit opens up a lot of different things. So um, I think it might be the Midwestern girl in me that, that, you know, that's, that's just kind of the way we behave. And I get to New York and people are shocked when you open a door for somebody and say, hello, you know, it's kind of funny to watch, but you never know yeah. what you're going to get into. So I love that. I love it too. I'm just, even hearing you say it makes me want to respond. And we've been having a conversation for an hour. So <laughs> it's a very powerful, powerful phrase. Hello. Good. Fourth question. What is a good quote you think about a lot? I don't. This I answer this every time I get this question. I don't <laughs> think about quotes. I don't I I really truly don't believe in that. I'm like I'm living my own life, so my quotes are my quotes and I'm not going after anybody's one particular thing. I grab a lot of different ideas from different people every day, but no one quote in this girl. <laughs> not happening. I love that. <laughs> um so the final one uh I have to give credit to Harry. He loves loves this one um, because it 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 symbolizes a lot of the the emphasis that Good Market has for storytelling. Um, and so the final question is: If you could have one person other than yourself tell your story, who would it be, and why? I can't pick one because I have two, but it would definitely be, be my girls and they would probably tell it two totally different ways. <laughs> but, um, you know, they they have seen everything about me, good and bad. They'd probably have some really funny stories to tell and some that I probably don't even know that I'd be embarrassed by. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, they they've seen all of it along the way from the times where I was, you know, always working and not home to now they're adults and it's fun to to see how that relationship has evolved and um, you know, the relationship with my husband and how we as a family unit go, grow and, yeah. um, and just being able to hopefully tell a good story. Ultimately we laugh to say that, you know, when they were little, I, w I was often traveling and bringing myself to this point in my career, but um, they're either going to be really strong, independent women, or they're going to be in therapy. And they, they both said, or both, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They're not but mutually I, exclusive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think family, you know, you're so close with family. They'd be the best for sure to tell the story. Yeah. I love that answer. That's really fun. Um, Mary Beth, thank you so much. Um, I'm glad that we got it and the audio is great. Always a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you for taking the time. Of course. Thank you so much. We really appreciate everything you're doing with us.